Welcome to the Wise Crone Cottage Podcast with storyteller Kathy Shimpock. Here we'll meet the crone and uncover her wisdom as found in fairy tales, folk tales, and myths. For it is true that stories, as it is with many people, become better as they grow older. Know that no matter how difficult your journey has been through the magical forest, the wise crone always opens her door to you. In this episode, we'll explore several stories from Greek mythology. In each, we'll see how and why the wise crone becomes the goddess's most common disguise. A great while ago, when the world was full of wonders. Greek mythology has a full pantheon of gods and goddesses. Each deity has a storyline with the past and present clearly defined. There are stories of triumph and petty jealousies. There are stories of conflict. Their relationships with humans and other gods are often tempestuous. Rarely do we see these gods and goddesses as exemplars. More often than not, they teach the audience what not to do and who not to be. In this episode, we'll look at the stories of Hera, Athena, and Demeter. When does the crone make an appearance in their stories? What does it have to show us about the power of the crone in our lives today? But now, a story. Not in my time, not in your time, but in the wise crone's time. Our first story is about Athena the goddess of wisdom, strategy, and crafts. In the small town of Lydia, Greece, there was a beautiful young woman named Arachne. Arachne had quite the reputation in her town as a talented spinner and weaver, but sadly all this praise was her undoing. Because Arachne grew proud and vain, boasting that no one could match her ability to spin and weave. She was so confident of her skill that she believed her talent surpassed that of the goddess Athena. After a while, Athena heard rumors of her boasting. Perhaps she was a bit irritated. Perhaps she was curious. Either way, she had to get to the bottom of it. Athena then transformed into a crone. She wanted to disguise herself from human scrutiny. When she met Arachne, she said, I am an old woman, and I've seen a lot of life. Please let me give you some advice, dearie. No mortal can win a contest with a goddess. It's best to take back what you said and apologize to Athena. Just make some offerings at her temple, and I'm sure she'll understand. Enraged, Arachne threw her thread and spindle at the old woman. Mind your own business, you old crone, she screamed. Tell Athena to bring it on. In that moment, Athena showed her true form. Still, Arachne proceeds, and the two match off against each other in a spinning contest. Not unexpectedly, Athena wins easily after creating a beautiful image of the Parthenon. Arachne's work, while technically perfect, depicted the gods and goddesses in very unflattering ways. Naturally, Athena was offended and angry. 
Arachne, she said, is clear that you love to spin. I think you should just go on spinning forever. After saying that, the young woman turned into a spider. Sure enough, she continued to spin. But her work, no matter how skilled, was often destroyed by humans. It does seem that pride comes before the fall. The next goddess to turn herself into a crone is Hera. Hera is the Greek goddess of women and marriage. As the wife of Zeus, the philandering king of the gods, she is vindictive, quarrelsome, and jealous. One of Zeus's conquests was the priestess Semele. Hera discovered the affair when Semele became pregnant. She appeared before Semele as a crone and befriended her. As her friend, Semele confided the paternity of her child to Hera. But Hera pretended not to believe the claim and convinced her to find proof of Zeus's parentage. Semele then asked Zeus if he would give her whatever she asked for to prove his love, and Zeus agreed. But he never expected that she would ask to see him in his god form. Alas, he had promised her, and was then bound to fulfill her request. As Hera knew, mortals are unable to look upon the gods directly. And so when Zeus disclosed his true form, Semele was incinerated. A sad ending, but certainly a win for Hera. Hera again appears as an old woman in the story of Jason and the Argonauts. Jason was hidden as a child to protect him from his father's enemies. When he was twenty, he decided to return to his homeland and reclaim his throne. On his way, he met an old woman by the river. She was unable to cross on her own, so Jason kindly offered to carry her. But this wasn't just any old woman. It was the goddess Hera in disguise. She wanted to see if Jason was kind and worthy of her help. Hera has a long history in Greek mythology. In the first phase of her life, she is the young maiden. As a mature woman, she is Hera, the wife of Zeus. In the final phase of her life, she becomes the crone. This is when she retreats into solitude and becomes distinguished as a woman alone. Hera's life depicts the maiden, mother, crone trinity. We also see this trinity unfold in the story of Demeter and her daughter Persephone. I've told this story before in an earlier podcast. I'll only be speaking of a small part of it here. Persephone was kidnapped by the god of the underworld, Hades. When Demeter discovers the truth of her daughter's fate, she leaves Mount Olympus to live on the earth. In desperation and grief, she turns into an old woman. She asks for work and becomes a nursemaid to the king's infant son. As I'm sure you will recall, Demeter is the goddess of fertility and fruitfulness. She is the only goddess who is a mother and also unmarried. Filled with sadness and loss, she soon grows to care for the boy. She decided to give him the gift of immortality. Placing the baby's body over a fire, night after night, she worked to burn off his mortality. That is, until the queen caught her in the act, 
The queen yelled and screamed in despair and probably called the old woman a lot of insulting names. Demeter dropped the baby and returned to her goddess form, angered at the stupidity of humans. After this, she began to grieve in earnest at her temple. But Demeter is not the only crone appearing in the story. The difference is that these women are not in disguise. The first to appear is Hecate. Hecate was a goddess as the daughter of a titan. She is thought to be associated with crossroads and entryways. She is sometimes depicted as a young woman with three bodies that could see past, present, and future simultaneously. She is more often thought of today as the crone, so we will imagine her that way too. Hecate heard the first cry of Persephone as she was abducted. She went with Demeter to visit the sun god Helios, who finally told the truth of what happened to Persephone. Further, at the end of the story, when Persephone's life is bifurcated into living both on the earth and in the underworld, Hecate is the only one able to travel with her both places. Another character who sometimes appears in the story is the old woman, Babo. Babo is depicted as a body obscene woman who appears when Demeter is in the midst of grief. Babo tries to get Demeter to eat and drink, but to no avail. To lighten the mood, she exposes her genitals to Demeter, who laughs and then takes the nutrition she needs. I don't know about you, but this seems to be an element from the imagination of a male scribe. I can see adolescent boys laughing about body parts, but women who act as caregivers and midwives are familiar with the naked female form. Seeing it unexpectedly does not seem likely to be a source of humor for another woman, certainly not for Demeter, who is sure to have hobnobbed with Aphrodite at times. That's just my two cents as a storyteller. Remember, it's the person, usually a man, who writes the story down who has depicted the female characters for posterity. You may be wondering how I know these old stories, but that is a story for another day. The moral of the story is... Each of these myths depicts a powerful Greek goddess, a goddess who disguises herself as an old woman. The circumstances surrounding this occurrence is similar. The goddess is on earth and interacting with humans. Why might she want a transformation? Each goddess seeks to discover the truth, but believes, perhaps correctly, that humans are more likely to lie to their divine form. Er, um, I don't know, goddess. Probably not goddess, a human sputters after a direct confrontation. I'm sure I didn't see anything. I certainly don't know anything. Just go ask Dimitri, a wise human might say to a capricious Greek goddess. The exception to that is certainly Arachne, who grew way too big for her britches and lost all connection to reality. But I digress. Goddesses also seek to share their gifts and experience and be of service. This is rare, but we saw it happening with Demeter. They also give warnings. 
Athena tried to convince Arachne to take back her boastful words, and Hera sought to discover the worth of Jason, a very crony thing to do after all. But she also sought to take the life of Semele, since she couldn't retaliate directly against her cheating husband. When Athena offers a warning to Arachne, she ignores her angrily. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that she is not the first human to discount the advice of the crone. Yet even if Athena expects this, she gives her a chance. All Arachne had to do was take it back and all would be well. Demeter's experience was quite different. She's relinquished her life as a goddess and was ready to spend the rest of her days grieving on earth for her lost daughter Persephone. As an old woman, she is safe and invisible. Still, she needs a distraction. She seeks work, women's work, menial work, anything to take her mind off of Persephone. She sought to help the king's son, but the queen was too ignorant to understand. Perhaps she learned something about throwing her pearls before swine. We start to see why these goddesses need to do things in secret. With Hera, we come back to a common thread. In the first story, she seeks to discover the truth of Semele's relationship to Zeus. In the second story, she tries to determine the worth of Jason. Does the kindness he shows portray the conscience of a king? In most Greek myths, gods and goddesses depict the worst of human behavior. Lust, jealousy, anger, greed, pride, there is nothing to admire. Worship of Greek gods and goddesses by humans was certainly fear-based. The goddess in these stories becomes a crone to listen and observe, to provide help and opportunity, and to become invisible. The goddess is the crone when she seeks to hide her power, and so should we. Jean Shinoda Bolin writes, Somewhere in our depth, there is an archetype or an image of a wise woman that has power, that hasn't been invited into the culture for maybe two millennia. But as an image, this wise woman crone is being embodied by more and more contemporary older women. When an archetype hasn't been allowed into the culture, there's a longing for its expression. Women want, for example, role models of the crone. We want to know what's possible in this last third of our lives. Something is stirring in us that wants to be alive, that wants to be a source of inspiration and information. In these old stories and myths, we discover our role model for the crone. The crone has the power of the elder. It is a power of knowledge and experience. It is a power beneath the surface, running underground and waiting for an opportunity to be of service. But just like a Greek goddess, each of us is waiting for the great reveal. Surprise! The old woman you just dismissed and so rudely ignored has power beyond measure. It's the power of experience. It's the power of wisdom. It's the power of history and understanding how things work and why. It's long been time to reawaken the crown. The wise crone knows it's time for you to leave. Your journey home takes you back through the forest. 
It may at times be difficult, but no fear. Her final words to you are, Remember to stay on the path. Do not leave the path no matter what you see or experience. And so it was, and so it is. Thank you for listening. We'll meet again the fourth Sunday of each month. This podcast has been sponsored by Heart Symbol Publishing, where you'll find a wide variety of guided imagery downloads to achieve your goals and enhance your life. This is the storyteller Kathy Shimpak. This podcast is narrated by Linda Bennett. Music is The Snow Queen by Kevin McLeod at Incompetet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Stories by the Brother Grimm are in the public domain. Music